0: Welcome to the next edition of the Career Conversations podcast, brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. I'm Craig McGregor. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, welcome. Uh, These podcasts are excellent conversations with individuals that I've met through my career, where we just focus on why they do what they do, the pathways or the career arc that they've taken, and we explore life through the employment lens. Today, we have a great conversation with an iconic Maitland figure. His name is Matt Tranter. Matt is a lawyer and has owned his own business for close to two decades now. He's someone that I really admire as a business person, but also as, a, as an individual. He's a really thoughtful and grounded guy, but then every now and then you see him in these crazy situations at places like the Maywell comedy debate where he, he puts on an excellent performance and comes out of his shell. For a lawyer, he really understands his people stuff, and I really love that about him. But more importantly, one of the biggest takeaways you'll get from this conversation is Matt divulges his his personality or his um, philosophy on life and it's be present be better make a difference and no regrets and I've really uh, lived with that since having this conversation with him I love his story and his career arc this is a great story for kids finishing their HSC about staying focused never giving up on what your goal is if you don't get the marks that you need go and find a way so without further ado enjoy the conversation with Matt Traner.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. People centric recruiters. HRG looks to use technology and personal interviewing techniques to ensure the best fit possible for both the candidate and the employer. We operate labour hire and temp services for various sites, conduct permanent recruitment searches, and have an innovative program we call Temp to Perm. You can find us on the web www.hrgroup.com.au, or search for us on your favourite social site: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Whether you're an employer looking for a fantastic new team member, or you're an individual seeking their next great career move, start a conversation with Hunter Recruitment Group today.
0: So, welcome to the Career Conversations podcast, Matt Trainer. Hi. So, mate, I want to have a chat to you about, uh, you're a fairly iconic figure in Maitland, in our town, Mm. and you've been a lawyer in your own business for a long time, so I thought we'd start with your business. So, how long have you been in business for?
1: Uh, Traynor Lawyers has been going, well, it started on the 20th of October 2000, so we've just hit the 18-year mark. An adult. That's right.
0: It's a bit like the fourth child. (laughs) (laughs) It can be, can't Mm. it? It takes a lot of your time. Absolutely. So, tell me about that. Why did you start a business? You could have gone and worked for a law firm, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Why did you start a business?
1: Uh, I was working at another firm in Maitland and was there for, uh, I think, uh, about six years. And obviously from that perspective, it was one of not quite liking the way the firm was being run. Always had that leadership side of style to to the way I used to practice. And thought, well, so I not in
0: terms of the law itself or just how the business was being just run? how the
1: business was being run, purely yep. that. So it was a situation of either staying where I was and putting up with it or doing something about it. There was a the birth of the first child. I was about
0: to say, was it a good time to do it?
1: Yes, it was like all the moons aligned and the location where we were became available and it was just a situation of, look, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it now. Try and back yourself um, and make that decision to do it. So it was great.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we happened to us too. So was it a, you didn't want to regret not going, having a go?
1: No, it was certainly one of the best places I've ever worked was at a small chiropractic centre and I used to love how it was, how it used to feel working there and the people and the, and the culture and that's what I wanted to have with Trader Lawyers. So a lot of the things that we do are, are based way back from 20 odd years ago from when how I was working you? at
0: that centre. So it wasn't a desire to run the law side, it was more the, you wanted this feel of a business. Yeah. Look, that's how I just, I had this yearning to run my, I wanted to be my own boss, I yeah. wanted to create my own path, I wanted to do things like this, go, okay, you want to run a podcast, let's mm. do that. Yes. Um, wasn't that sort of burning?
1: I had a goal that by the age of 30, I wanted to lead a company. I yep. also said I was never going to be a sole practitioner. At the age of 30, I was leading a company because I was a sole practitioner. It was just one of those <laughs> things. And I've learned then never, ever to say
0: never. Yeah, okay. And so, step me back through that again. So, was it a big decision from a family perspective? Was it, oh, okay, can we afford to do this? Was it a risk? Was it. Yeah,
1: look, it was a calculated risk. Yep. I mean, where I was, I was running my section like it was my own practice anyway. Yep. So, from that perspective, it was a calculated risk. Uh, I had a great support from. Uh, my wife Carrie Anne uh, we sold our house because where the location is it's an old bank uh, residence uh, so there was a upstairs facilities and downstairs was the, was the office space so we thought well look let's try and get rid of any mortgage if we can and live above the office so we lived there for five years yeah how did that go? it had its its advantages and disadvantages
0: because it was so close to the Hunter Valley Brewery oh,
1: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> advantage right advantage
0: or disadvantage?
1: it was advantage in that As we were growing, I would spend more time at work. Having a newborn didn't require all the face-to-face time that you would perhaps normally have. So you'd go upstairs, you'd have tea, spend time. Gabby would go to sleep, you'd be back downstairs. And so from that perspective, it was really, really good. Uh, Then I went to a... What about
0: separation? Yes. Because I I have that here where I have office, four minutes drive to home, and that four minutes is huge. I didn't realise how much
1: of an effect it was until we actually left the building. Uh, And that first day where you actually lock up the building, jump in the car, I realised how much of a difference it does make. It does. makes Mm. a massive difference.
0: Yeah, it's good to have too. Mm. Oh, that's exactly right. Now I'm I'm 12 minutes away from from the work. It's also, if you think about it, it probably was really good timing. Like um, Gabby's one. She probably can't remember any of this. No. And so she was just a feeding little bub, whereas as she gets older, she wants dad. Yes. She doesn't need just the feeding, helping guy. Exactly. So you can be that at one, I suppose, jump upstairs, do what needs to be done, go downstairs, whereas Mm. now that separation needs to be, well, dad needs to be present in Mm. whatever's happening at home as opposed to, okay, clocking off, going downstairs again. Yes.
1: Oh, and exactly right. And the thing with, as the children have grown up, it's been very much... um, part of the reason why we did what we did was the family first. So I didn't want to be in a situation where I had to always get consent to be able to go to school functions and things like that. And we sort of like have that rule for everybody in the office because we do have a lot of mums uh, that work for us. And children, especially at primary school and infants, they want their parents there. They don't want their friends, they want their parents. And because as soon as they hit high school... Things start to change. <laughs> all of a sudden, you go. Well, I remember I used to go to, I'll oh, still do, this is the last year where my young son is in year six and I've been to all the swimming carnivals and yep. all the athletics carnivals. And I remember when Gabby hit year seven, it was on the Monday that I asked her, Look, the swimming carnival's on Thursday. Do you want dad to go there? And she said, No, dad, it's not cool. You're not going. And I thought, OK. And on the Wednesday night, I asked Gabby, OK swimming carnivals tomorrow are you sure you don't want dad to be there she said dad let's not make this harder than what it needs to be (laughs) and i never asked ever again it was one of those things i've certainly been to other things with the school uh but yeah athletics carnival swimming carnivals i haven't been to one at high school
0: i've got a fun similar story i remember olivia in year seven had they had like an art night where everyone's art Presentation was in the library, so you could wander around and and have a look at them. And we were wandering into the school, and I went to grab her hand to hold a hand, and she was mortified. <laughs> yeah, you don't do Let that. Let go of that. <laughs> and I'm going. Whoa! I used to hold your hand at primary school, oh. and I was just joking. I was teasing her a little bit, but yeah, that <laughs> was my uh, reality. Of things have changed. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So. so step me through. We're still at that starting point. Mm-hmm. So you were sole trader essentially. Yes. So just you working away. Helping? Did you bring clients with you? How did you generate business back then?
1: Yeah, luckily back in 2000, the property market was going through a boom. Yep. So uh, we got a lot of referrals. Uh, I had a secretary who came with me. She made it quite clear that if I was to employ anyone else, my life wasn't worth living. That's good. And Kim's still working with us today. Wow. uh, 18 years later. So. Uh, We certainly got a lot of referrals, uh, started to do a bit more advertising a few years later, but certainly because everyone was busy, a lot of people didn't notice uh, how busy we were. It was only when things started to slow down, they realized, oh, hold on, there's another player in the market here. And always trying to take that little bit of a different view, doing things different.
0: So when you say that, why, how are you different?
1: A lot of the things we go back to basics, and and again, back to the Chiropractic Centre and and other things that we've learnt is to be successful in business, there's only a few things that you really need to do, but do it really well, but then on the same token, do things different. Our marketing is different. We like to have a bit of fun with our clients. Our our newsletter that we send out, we send it via print. Uh, We don't email it unless a client specifically asks for it in the first page has nothing to do with the law. It's either something stupid I've done, something the kids have done, someone in the office. And we've got clients that say, we can't wait till the next newsletter comes out. We only read the first page, and it it doesn't worry me, as long as they're reading something. But again, it's that relationship perspective, looking at different ways of being able to increase value for a client, not just looking at a, for example, a, a conveyancing matter, but you look at, okay, how other issues would affect that particular matter, whether it's estate planning or asset protection trying to look at the best solution. There was one example where I had an employer who had an employee who left to work for the opposition. And that former employee started saying things that perhaps they shouldn't have been saying about their former employer. Yep. And they were obviously upset. And so we did a letter that to that employee and they did stop saying things for a while. But then eventually it started to happen again. And the employer came to see us and was determined to take legal action etc. And we said, okay, look, just stop for a second. We can certainly go to court in regards to trying to get them to stop. That's going to cost you a lot of money. But what we want is not for him to stop saying anything. It's for your clients not to leave you. So the amount of money you're willing to spend on legal fees, and it should be a five-some figure... Wouldn't it be better off spending it on your clients, giving them a special deal, giving them a thank you, doing something more positive? What's the worst case scenario? They give you more work because of it? And he said, thank you very much. That's what we're gonna do. And I thought, that's a different way of looking at the same issue. It's, um, I read this in the book, Dan Brown's Origin, where you've got the Roman numerals. You've got 11 plus one equals 10. And when you look at it, it's wrong. But if you turn it upside down, That's it's right. actually 9 plus 1 yep. equals 10. Same words, okay, or in this case, same numerals, but two different interpretations. Just so looking at it differently. Exactly right. So what we're trying to do is always, if we are faced with a problem, what's the best solution as opposed to the legal solution? Sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're different. So that's what first and foremost is trying to look after those clients from that perspective. And at the end of the day, if you save them money in legal fees, often that's a, a better outcome.
0: Yeah. And they'll come back to you for more. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So that's a really good way of thinking about it and doing it differently. Because I was going to say, it's a, it must be a tough gig, there must be a lot of competition in your space.
1: Oh, there is. And it's always growing. Um, you've got the new graduates coming through. Again, it's it's. I like the word evolve. And once told was uh, told to me that, you know, unless you're growing, you die. And yep. then recently, I've realised it's more an evolution. That's the old survival of the fittest. And the fittest isn't necessarily the strongest or the fastest. It's the ones that are willing to adapt to change. And yeah. the way we do things now is different to the way we did things back 18 years ago. It's different to the way we did things five years ago.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you technology, is it a part of that? Absolutely. Changing the law, changing yeah. how you deal with it. I yeah. suppose it's bringing in different law too. Absolutely. So there's always these
1: changes, um, but there's also that, that culture side of things and the, uh, the Peter Drucker culture eats strategy for breakfast and that's so true and I've recently been reminded of that, of uh, making sure that the team is uh, looked after, always trying to make sure that we're managing people in different ways and even the older ones versus the new ones. The new ones might need more confidence we're, but at the same token you can't let the ones that have been with you for the longest take them for granted.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So tell me about um, the differences in your, so you you do different law, what sort of yeah. things do you specialise in? Yeah,
1: our four main areas are property, business transactions, estate planning, uh, litigation. And that's divided into commercial litigation, estate litigation. We don't do criminal law. Uh, we don't do a lot of family law. It's not to say that we wouldn't ever do those things. It's just, you've got to find the right person. Yep. It's a different set of skills. It's You're dealing with different people in different circumstances and just trying to get that right fit. Um, it's really, really important for the
0: team side of things. So you're talking about, so this is Matt Trana was a sole trader, Now you've got a team of lawyers who work Mm. for you. It's not just about the skills of of getting, okay, I want someone who can handle conveyancing. Mm. They've got to be able to do conveyancing, but also fit with your culture and the rest of the team.
1: Yeah, someone (laughs) once told me there are two boxes when employing people. There's the box. box split in half. Well, okay. (laughs) So you've got the skills box and you've got the other stuff. And I think it might have been Craig McGregor said, most people employ people for the skills box, but get rid of them for the other stuff. And what you really need to do is do the reverse, is employ people for the other stuff, and you can train everything else. And I've really taken that to to heart in the past three or four years. And and character, attitude is just so important, and trying to work out uh, whether they would fit, because you only need one bad apple. And that's been successful? Yeah. Oh, we've, there's been a couple of times where recently we've, we've met people uh, who have um, sent in resumes to us based on someone else who worked in the office. Or, uh, and we've said, look, let's get him in um, and have a chat. Ticks all the skill boxes. Oh, one in particular. It was just a matter of, look, we need to find something for her to do yep. because she ticks all those boxes. Um,
0: and if you find the right people, the work will always be there. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you find that as a business owner, though, that good good saying or that the work will always be there, do you think that's changed and that's your role now? Like, are you the, are you the rainmaker? Are you the guy that's going out there getting the work?
1: Yeah, I, I see myself as, as the head coach. Yeah, okay. So as far as the other lawyers that are in the office, the technical aspect, it's a coaching side of things, and we always help each other. We have weekly meetings where we discuss certain matters as to how we should handle it, yep. any issues that are coming up in it. Uh, the marketing side of things, I'm still very much hands-on with that and I think that's really important for, for an owner still to uh, oversee all those aspects. What's your aspects. name on the front door? Exactly right. And marketing is everything that you, that you do, but there's also you know, the rainmaking role, certainly there's part of that, but also trying to get others to do the same sort of thing. Um, it's, it can be a challenge because you know, there's other networking things that you can attend, but when you've got a lot of mums. All of a sudden, then trying to get to go to a breakfast meeting and yep. you've still got children to get to school, etc. I certainly don't force anything on other uh, solicitors in the office to, to do those sort of things. It's if they want to do it, great, I'll support them no matter what. Yeah, okay. Tell me why. Why, why the law? Why did you do that as w- your career? I wish I could give you a really, really good answer, yeah, right. but I can't. I wanted to be a doctor up until the age of about 10. And I don't know why. Doogie I, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and I don't know whether I saw something on TV, an operation or something like that. But I know, at about age of ten, it stopped, and I wanted to do law. And I can't tell you the reason why. Yeah, it was just okay. one of those things of, from about ten, always wanting to do it.
0: Did and you have lawyers in the family?
1: No, my dad was a fitter and turner by trade, yep. um, and so he worked at Comsteel all his life. Uh, my mum was a manager at Woolworths. She worked there all her life, um, going from checkout operations right through to end up being a, a state manager as such. So, yeah, there was certainly no law no in law there. there. Although, I do believe that my great-great-great-great-grandfather was a convict and he got sent to Australia because he stole a law book from the
0: library. Um, well, or oh, didn't ironic. return it. Yes. So that's probably the only bit of law in the family. So, but it was from about ten. Yeah. It was like you just had this. Yes. And so you you'd set that from there. So from, e five. Yep. I'm going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That's that's not the usual path. Most people don't know what they want to do when they're 55. Yeah. Let alone 10.
1: If it's one of those things, I, I can't put a finger on it as to the reasons why. It was just at that time something happened,
0: and yeah, okay, that was it. Because I wanted to diverge for a little while. Because mm-hmm. I've seen you. You you you're a performer. I've seen you at the Maywell comedy debate. Mm-hmm. You're you're a funny guy who, in front of a crowd, yeah. commands it. He just has a, this. A, it's not just a skill. It's a personality that I look at and go,
1: "Is that a lawyer?" Yeah. Oh, I love doing the Maywell comedy deb- debates. It's. And everything comes back to the preparation. Yeah, I spent a lot of time. um, I remember the first time the topic was uh, God is a woman. And Uh, they had the three males uh, debating that God is a woman. And they had the three females debating that God is a man. And I was concerned because, one, I had never, ever done it before. Two, when you own a business in Maitland, there's a certain line. And you're not quite sure where that line is and I was all ready to go and the day before I went to a funeral and the preacher there was, or the minister, was a very interesting character, had a rat's tail, sneakers, earring and I'm driving back to the office thinking, yeah, what a character, It's very interesting. I started to turn my mind towards the debate the next day going, God is a woman, interesting preacher. What about if I do it as a preacher instead (laughs) of myself? So that night, I started to rearrange things, add stuff, and I finished about two thirty in the morning, thinking, "Well, if I can get a minister outfit the next day from the costume shop, that's what I'm going to do." And as soon as the uh, the second or the uh, second speaker for the opposition finished, I raced off stage, got changed, and I'm absolutely. Shitting bricks, thinking, what the hell <laughs> am I doing this? And thinking, well, here goes nothing. And it went really well. It and did. Um, whenever I've been in those sort of roles, I've always tried to use humour. Yep. I think it's really, really important, even when I'm doing seminar presentations. Always, wherever possible, use that humour to engage people. Um, people love it, they learn more, as such, and, and I enjoy it, and it, and it shows. Yep. But the big thing with the Maywell is just, or any of those type of things, Uh, even comedians, the ones that seem like they're doing things off the cuff, it's all about
0: preparation. It is. And it makes a huge difference. Well, it's even even in this, you know, we we do career transition training here where we teach people once they've been made redundant to go out and get another job Mm. and the key thing that I tell them about the interviews is preparation is king. Yes. The more preparation you put into who you're going to be interviewed by, where you're going to be interviewed at, what am I going to wear to the interview, what sort of body language should I be trying to focus on, should I leave my phone in the car or should I take it with me, all those little details will make a massive difference in the performance of the interview.
1: And it's through the whole of life. Yep. The more preparation you do for things, yep, the
0: easier it becomes, and so yeah. So and then we did Donald Trump. Oh, so I had one in between. You had one in between. The one yeah. the
1: year after was their ten year anniversary, and it was uh, ten years on. Uh, life is better. Okay. And they invited me back, and I was trying to work out what I would do, and I do these birthday calls, and one <laughs> of them. I have received one of those. One of them <laughs> happened to be a John Howard one year, and then I thought, well, who was Prime Minister ten years ago? John Howard, so that was the lady Amazon. I had to do a yep. John Howard, so that went well. And then, uh, yeah, a, few, uh, a couple of years ago, it was. Um, well,
0: you came on stage as Trump. You had video behind yeah. you. You had security. It was like you had security guards, and yeah, it just made the whole thing so much oh, better. oh
1: look Fame Trumps brains. There was only two people that come come to mind. One was Kim Kardashian, and one was Donald <laughs> Trump. And uh,
0: Donald Trump was just too good an opportunity not to do. Yeah. So what I wanted to pose was: Is there another career there? Ah, oh, never say never, Craig. <laughs> never say never. Never say never, because you do. You're the star of the show.
1: Oh, look, I, the philosophy behind. Do you enjoy my, it? Do you I enjoy love doing that? I do love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you think that's because it's? I look at you, and I think I don't know if people look at me when when I grew up in high school. I was a pretty shy character, mm. and I'm sure if people knew me back then, would go, "Is it that, that guy the?" MC of the comedy debate in front of 300 people. That's not the same Craig McGregor that I know. Mm. Do, you, do you get that from people? Like, wow, was that really you, Matt Trina, up on the stage? Yeah, I, I think when I was in high school, again, when
1: there were, whenever there was some public speaking opportunities, try and do things a little bit different. Yep. And then from there at university when there was a few presentations, again, you try and think outside the box. Um, it's just that with comedy, it's, it's a different thing again. Yep. And so... Uh, If ever doing MC, I have this rule in the office with any employees that are single that uh, (laughs) part of their employment contract in in visible writing is that I have to MC their wedding. So (laughs) I think I'm up to about six now and uh, it's a lot of fun. So you just love it. Uh, The MC part of a wedding is great because the more
0: people drink, the funnier I become. So it's easier. Yep. Um, Tell me about, so you're in BNI. Mm-hmm. And so I was in B&I for a long time. Mm-hmm. Has that helped with the performance and the confidence? Because I know it did for me, getting up every week and thinking of something new to say in 60 seconds. Yeah. Again, preparation, I used to prepare and prepare for those 60 seconds. Yes. Do, do you think that made a massive difference to how you do those sorts of things? I think it's like with any skill, the more you do it, the more it's practice, practice. You, yep. you do, the
1: better you become. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I've done... Uh, seminars for financial firms, financial institutions, etc. And again, these days, the more you do it, the less preparation you have to do because you know what works, what doesn't work, etc. But it's just just like any skill; it's a learned skill. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. You can change your um, abilities in those areas, in particular, mm. by practice. Absolutely. Well, step me back to the start. So, ten-year-old. Obviously, you can't go to law school then, Mm -hmm. but maybe when we graduate school, step -hmm. me through the process. How do you become a lawyer?
1: Okay. Well, you need to do a a law degree. Yep. Um, I'll actually, when I got my HSC results, it was actually the worst day of my life at the time. Yeah, why? Um, I had expectations of receiving a certain mark, wanted to get this mark. And then I thought, well, with the amount of work that I've put so in... So was that mark based on where you
0: wanted to go, or was it yes. just, oh, I wanted to get that mark? Oh, look, y- you have goals of
1: yes. receiving a high mark if you work really hard for it. And I was yep. one of those students that did work really, really hard. Yep. So I thought, well, if I can get a, a high mark in the in the 400s, uh, above 450, that'd be great. If I could get around that 430, that's probably you know par. I've worked hard for it, yep. and uh, I got a mark which was less than that uh, in the in actual high 300 390. Yep. And the the only subject that I did the same as the three other students that beat me was maths, and I came first in that maths. And it was one of those, what am I going to do? All these plans that I had have just been shot down. Um, And it was a little bit of expectation is the root of all heartache. I expected to receive a certain mark and I didn't get it. And I didn't do some of those science-based subjects back then. And even though I may have done okay with them because I, I love maths, but that was the only subject I did. All the others were economics, modern history, a high level of English. So... All of a sudden, the plans are in disarray and trying to work out what I was going to do. So did you
0: not get enough to get into law?
1: I couldn't do law at New South Wales Uni. That yeah, was okay. that was the goal.
0: You wanted to go down there, hey? Yeah.
1: And Newcastle didn't offer law at that point in time. So it was a matter of how am I going to do this? And I was working three part-time jobs. So what were they? Uh, I was working at a... Uh, of a morning, I actually worked for about four hours at a bank in Newcastle. I'd come home... Change ties. So what were you doing at the bank? Uh, bank telling. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, someone from uni. Um, oh, sorry, that was after at university. But I was working at the chiropractic centre and I was working at a supermarket. So from that perspective, it was what am I going to do? Um, got offered a, a job at a bank, did the bank telling there and trying to work out what I was going to do.
0: And so you, you hadn't got enough marks. Yeah. You're now in limbo. Yeah. At the chiropractic centre, working at a bank, yeah. trying to figure out what's next.
1: Yeah. And so I thought, well, what about if I become a police prosecutor? And to do that, you have to join the police force, got all the forms. And it was at that point in time that I got offered a law clerk position. And so uh, I'd previously so, sent Step her me through that, because
0: mm-hmm. maybe you're underplaying that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But offered a law clerk position, how mm-hmm. did you get it?
1: Uh, as soon as I finished the HSC and realised that I wasn't going to New South Wales Uni, I decided to put my resume in and write a letter to all the law firms around the area. and Good. this is what I wanted to hear. Yeah, uh, and trying to um, see whether there were any positions available. And, as well, there's a little bit of luck in regards to it, but one of the, the law firms, one of the mums from one of my fellow students worked there. Yep. And obviously had seen me throughout the years, um, how hard I had worked and awards that were received, etc. And yeah, convinced her boss that it might be worthwhile having a go because they had a solicitor who was going to go on maternity leave. So they had a position that needed to be filled in some uh, capacity. So that's when I was offered the role. So all of a sudden, instead of going to uh, Goulburn to become a police officer, it was
0: a law clerk. Yep. Have I ever told you my totally made-up stat, 85%? 85% of people will get their next job from their network. Yeah. Not a job ad. Yeah. Not seek. Exactly. It's from their network. Yeah. It's exactly what happened to you. But what I like about that story, Matt, is you're, you've got this disappointment of not going to university and being a lawyer. And what we're hearing now is how you've gone, you know what, I am going to be a lawyer mm. and I'm going to create that path myself. Yeah, Which well, is what... Unfortunately, most people won't do.
1: Yeah. Well, in between, in between that, I had, uh, did a, a commerce degree um, at New, New, uh, Newcastle University. That's what I did get the marks for. So I did that, that
0: degree. So you were going to be an accountant.
1: Well, it wasn't so much that. I, I did a lot of the management marketing subjects. So I did well in all the accounting subjects. And then second year, didn't do any of the yep. accounting subjects. So did I. So, and then, well, that was the other thing that when I finished commerce... Newcastle was offering law, oh, okay. but it was only for undergraduates, not postgraduates. Okay. So that was a, another issue that I had. So I ended up finding out about a uh, diploma in law, uh, a correspondence course, which was offered through Sydney Uni. And with working full-time, I decided to do that course part-time. So I'd gone from... Doing commerce full time and having part time jobs to then working full time, doing part time study, and How there's a it? big difference between the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly would recommend to anyone if, if you can work full time and study part time, it is hard, but yeah, I totally
0: agree. It is worth it. Yeah, and it's also if it's in your lane. Yes, so much your studies became so much more valid because you're actually doing it during the day, learning some more theory, and you potentially might be arguing with teachers Mm -hmm. at night because you actually know it as opposed to going, oh, no, I'll take that for granted. I don't know anything about that. Write it in the book.
1: Exactly. Well, you get to apply what you're learning in practice. Sometimes theory doesn't meet practice
0: um and look from an employability perspective afterwards yeah you're you're in a competition with other graduates you look better yeah than the other graduates who've just been studying
1: oh that that four and a half years of experience is worth more than the bit of paper absolutely and it was hard we had a we had uh two weekend schools per semester and that's all we had that was the only face-to-face teaching we had because it was done through sydney uni um and we end up uh, someone put an ad in the paper trying to form a study group and someone in the office saw it and so there was a naval commander who set up this study group and there was about four of us and I you always used to think how hard was it for him because he had two young kids mm-hmm. and you want to see your kids how on earth do you find time She's to study dedicated. and be a naval commander at the same time yeah. but we managed to struggle through and and um, get to march on ANZAC day now as they, they say to do that course but it's been great I, as I said it was, one, it was hard but worthwhile.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's a great story of how you forged that pathway into mm-hmm. it. So then is that was that the um, the organisation that you were working for before you started the business? Yes. Yep. So you're here in Maitland finishing your degree. How long post study or finishing your degree mm-hmm. did you actually press the button and start your business?
1: Yeah, it was about two years after I graduated. Uh, so I'd been there for- so It's not long. No. Been there for about seven and a half years and then yep. all of a sudden it was that decision of, well, okay.
0: So you must have been confident.
1: Well, you have to have a certain level of confidence to go, well, look, why do-? if you don't, yep. you just don't do it in the first place. If you've got doubts, you just have to go, well, look, I'm going to back myself here, um, try and then uh, minimise the risk as such, and that's why we sold our house and yep. didn't have a mortgage. So doing all the things that were trying to reduce the burden, because that was always the thing of how's it going to go, yep. what happens? Um, And even when you are growing, you think, well, okay, do do I employ people? Well, what happens if I employ people, then all of a sudden, six months later, the work's not there. I've got to get rid of them. How am I going to feel about that? So that's where it was a gradual process. And I think it was about four years into it before I actually employed my first solicitor.
0: And again, she's also still with us. So what about the other partner in the tranter? family firm. Mm -hmm. So she works in the business too, doesn't she? She
1: does. She's a jack of all trades. Master of all as well. Exactly right. Oh, She's the boss. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, Look, she's great. Kerri-Ann has a real estate background, uh, working in a real estate office for many years and that's how we met. So her way and her attitude was very much a client. So doing anything she could to help find a property for a for one of her clients going that extra mile so from that perspective we were really really well matched in our philosophies of how we treat people so she knows the extra work that goes into it Um, so she helps with some admin functions she helps with some marketing functions she's just great and so um, you know she's made a lot of sacrifices herself and could you have done it without it absolutely not yep it's well and truly it um, she's the often the glue that keeps us all together there are some things where if i'm so busy staff might talk to her or to someone else in the office and let them know how they're feeling she's very much a people's person and she'll come home and um tell me at uh things that may have been said where i wasn't aware yep and all of a sudden i've got a um, make sure that I'm doing take the right action. thing and take action, and and often it's just things that may be going through someone's life. Because if I'm seeing clients and got back to back appointments, I may not get the opportunity to have a lot of conversations with some of that with some of those staff, whereas Kerrian might then have those conversations. How's things going? What's happening, etc. And that's how I how I find out and be a bit more in tune with the the team's needs.
0: So how do you guys manage the Work home balance.
1: Mm, yeah, uh, not too bad. It's getting better every year. Yeah, it's, okay. it's How
0: many years has Carrie been in the business for?
1: Well, she's been there from the very from start. Home. Yep. Uh, helping in some form. Um, so uh, there's been certainly where the birth of uh, children. Sometimes that has had to very be. familiar Yeah, <laughs> it's had to be cut back a little bit. Um, but she's always involved. Yep. Uh, in some way, shape, or form. So, um, look. It's, it's been great, certainly being involved in the kids' school. Um, that's always taken precedence. Uh, finding holidays, yeah, for the first few years, that was really, really hard. Tough, yeah. It was, I think we went to the States in 2003 for, for 10 days, and, and every day I'm ringing back work, finding out what's happened, what are their issues. Compare that to, I think it was 2014 when we went over for five weeks to the States, and I didn't ring the office once. So the team that we had, were, we knew that it didn't matter what problem would come up, we had the skills there, the people there that could handle it. So, um, yeah, it, it is important to have those breaks, um,
0: but it's not easy yeah, okay. to begin with. Yep. Tell me what's next for trainer Lawyers. Hmm. Uh,
1: look, certainly there's still a lot of things from a client perspective that we want to do there are certain things that we're doing I just want to do better Um, always looking at that two year period to go how things are evolving technology is is a factor we've had a lot of changes this year with with the cloud changing of uh, software from the accounting perspective NBN so it's been great in that compared to a year ago we're going faster than what we were but I still feel like internally Well, we're on this new bike now, we're doing 80 kilometers per hour. Last year we were doing 60 60 kilometers per hour, but I know we can get away to 100 kilometers per hour. So from that perspective, looking after the team, um, just working on a few things there as to um, getting some more people to help us in different areas, always looking. Um, There's always challenges. Mm -hmm. So it's just being aware of it and we have a uh, team meeting every week where we go through certain um, uh, get-together, talk about things which aren't law-related, but then work out, well, okay, what are our strategies, what's happened during the week? Very much a learning organisation. What have we learnt for the and week? what
0: about you personally? Mm-hmm. What's next for you? Is there any anything that you want to tick off? Is there any challenges you want to take? Uh, Is there, what's next for that?
1: Okay, certainly... Take my son to a Golden State Warriors game. Oh, nice. I'll tag along. Yeah, yeah. If I'll play in Philadelphia, it would be, and Ben Simmons was playing, that would be fantastic. Um, this year's all been, with the eldest doing the HSC, it's all been about trying to keep that calm household. So, obviously, we'll have
0: watching Bailey play for the Warriors one day. Yeah,
1: it would be nice. He, he, hopefully, he's not like his father in, in the height wise. He might need to grow a little bit more, but um, that, that would be awesome. So, this year's all been about just that HSC. Yeah, okay. Uh, Get through that. There'll be, she finishes up uh, tomorrow with her last exam. So, then we'll have uh, the results and see what that brings. So,
0: so you went through an experience there where you didn't get the mark you wanted. Mm -hmm. How does that help you with your daughter? I think it'll help a lot. Yep.
1: Because if she doesn't get, those marks that she's expecting, and again, it comes back to that expectations. At least I can say I know exactly how you feel. I've been in the same shoes, so
0: and I think more importantly, it didn't matter yeah, in the end. Exactly, you created that pathway without those results.
1: I've never been asked uh, what my HSC results right. were ever since. In any of the jobs that I've gone for, um, never been asked what had
0: I go in the HSC. Yeah, that's, we jokingly tell that to every kid. That little blue folder, I'm sure there's still blue folders with the HSC results. Mm. Uh, when people come and see Greg McGregor recruiter, I'm never asking for that blue folder. Exactly. So, Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. So we're going to put you in the uh, career conversations time machine. I'm going to rewind the clock to 20-year-old Matt. Mm-hmm. Given what you know now. What advice would you give him? Learn to say no. Uh, your time is
1: uh, so important to you. Uh, marketing how important
0: marketing marketing is right from the very start so when you say learn to say no what Mm -hmm. things what have you done too much of
1: this year i've probably not done as many things that i've uh, that i've done in the past as far as networking etc i I use the hell year test which is i look at and go if it's not a hell year don't do it, because there are so many more important things to do. Yeah. This year with my, um, Charlie, my second born, we actually, um, I had to change gyms because she wanted to go to the gym. And so we, the gym where I was at, uh, she was too young. So we had to ch- I had to change, and it's been one of the best decisions ever made because the 10-minute drive to the gym and training with her and the 10-minute drive back I often get more conversation out of it yeah, yeah. in that period it's of time no, than scary. I would of a night. And so that has been really, really important to me and yep. um, trying to take that family first. Uh, it was only probably a, uh, a year and a half ago that I actually worked out what my, my own philosophy was and which was um, uh, be present, be better, make a difference, no regrets. So with any of the decisions that personally that i'm trying to look at now i've got to run them past that and i wish i had it took a long while to work that out and and listening to different philosophers uh, john c maxwell jim Rohn, and all those they they just whenever you listen to their their books or read their books they're just gold and so to take the little snippets of information and the ones that you think that's me roll it all into one and finally about a year and a half ago worked it out yeah
0: and that's not for everyone no exactly right So yours is different to other people so you've just got to understand what yours is yes rather than trying to be Jim Rohn. Right? yes yeah okay. absolutely excellent well thanks so much matt pleasure good luck we'll talk soon thanks a special thanks to our guest today matt tranner i hope you really got something out of that conversation i really enjoyed bringing that one to you today If you'd like to learn more about Matt, his LinkedIn profile link is up on our website at the podcast section. If you love this podcast and would like to listen to more, please go to our website, which is hrgroup.com.au slash podcast. And you'll find a raft of excellent conversations we've had with a number of great Hunter individuals. If you have access to iTunes, please uh, go to iTunes and give us a review as this allows more people to hear our great conversations. Until next time, I'm Craig McGregor and thanks for listening to the Career Conversations podcast brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group.